Ooh. We've lost Connor and Finn, but we've got uh, got the new stock. So uh, what have we got here? We've got that new new. We've got that exclusive. This week, we shared a second part of our tasting at the Cotswold Distillery, the first of which was episode 80. Oh, yes, it's time for the new new. That's right. It's time for you to hear about four more wonderful Cotswold single malts, two limited editions and two brand new releases to their core range. As always, you can see some more whiskey-based content on our social media platforms. That's at Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Meta and Twitter. <laughs> and it would help us out if you rate, review, and subscribe on Meta and Twitter and anywhere <laughs> you hear these wonderful drams for your eardrums on all your podcast platforms. Thank you very much. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. Welcome to episode 85. I'm Dave Giles. And I'm Nick Kent. Welcome, welcome, welcome. David, how are you? Not too bad, mate. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, but looking forward to putting the show out. Yeah, me too. I had a listen to the to the second half of the interview, which we're about to play mm. uh, two days ago. It's rather amusing. It is quite amusing. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, when did we do this interview? 25th of August is when we did this, um, when we went to the Cotswolds Distillery, and we had a good chat with Rob Patchett, Connor Teague, and Vin PF of No Nonsense Whiskey, who showed up. Um, but yeah, when... Who you showed leave. up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just, he just nice randomly appeared. He's just <laughs> randomly there. Not like he helped to sort it out or anything. You know, he didn't do any work. Um, but yes, it was a while ago. And when you uh, <laughs> when you don't hear a, a, an interview for a while and you forget what you've said, and then you edit it together, and it's like, oh, I've got I said that. Um, it's either funny or horrific. But I'm not sure what the balance was here. I also re-listened to the first part. After oh, did listening you? to the second one, I was like, hang on a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back and re-listened. There's a noticeable difference between part one and part two. <laughs> Are you talking about how the clarity of our voices and how we could articulate, Dave? Yeah, so definitely, I, definitely, I, <laughs> yeah I definitely rambled more. You rambled, I mumbled, I think. Um, I'm sorry if you can't understand what I'm saying towards the end of this part. Um, I was mumbling a bit because, to be honest, we, were, we had eight whiskeys that day and we were pouring our own. So um, oh, I was being good, but no, they were good. strong. Yeah. They were strong. Yeah, we're talking so. like, like 50-odd, 55%, 59% for the one of the new ones. So yeah, they, they weren't... It was a good day. We had a good day, Dave. We had a great day. <laughs> and I think you can hear, we had a great day. Yeah. Um, but yes, if you want to go back, that was episode 80 where we aired the first part, if you want to refresh. If not, just carry on listening. And we're going to be airing that in a little bit. We tried four whiskies in the first part, which was their signature single malt, their founder's choice, the Peter cask and the sherry cask. And in this episode, we're going to taste four more. It's funny that. We yeah, did eight. I know. We did eight. <laughs> we had four. Yeah. The maths checks out, everyone. Yeah. The maths does check out. <laughs> we're going to be trying two from their new uh, limited edition Hearts and Crafts range, a Sauternes cask and a Pinot d'Echerant cask. And well two done. new additions. So glad you did that, not me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've listened to it back as well. <laughs> that's it was meant that's, to be that's said. That's music. Every time we are, we're like, I like the uh, this. The, sorry, sorry. Can yeah, you? Can uh, you... <laughs> sorry, yeah. Rob. What, sorry. How do we say that? <laughs> yeah. And and two new additions as well to their core range: um, Cotswolds Reserve and the Bourbon Cask Expression, which only came out last week, I think. Um, yes, which I'm going to have a little sip on while we do this because. 
we've been uh, lucky enough to get a couple of samples sent to us. I'm just going to have a little bit, just to remind me, Dave, while we listen to this with our listeners, yeah? Because we'll be listening along to the whole hour or however long it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we won't. But I'll still be having a sip anyway. There we go. Connor and Vin left us uh, halfway through because they had lives to go and... To, go and, uh, <laughs> to live. To live. And we did overrun massively, which is why because we had I to rambled. come back the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Due to Just, my rambling and incoherence. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's go on with it, shall we? Yeah, so here's the second part of our conversation with Rob Connor and Vin at the Cotswolds Distillery. Enjoy. You're listening to Whiskey and Things. Okay, so the next two are... We've been spoiled here, Nick. We've been oh, absolutely spoiled here. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited about these two because these aren't really overly available, um, but they're exciting expressions. Uh, these are part of our Hearts and Crafts releases. So whilst we've got our signature, which is you know the flagship, and then we've got our cask expressions, Founders, Peated, Sherry, one more to come. The next sort of structure of our whiskey is the hearts and crafts range and the hearts and crafts is a nod to the arts and crafts movement which was started in the Cotswolds by William Morris and we just changed it to hearts and crafts because heart cuts you know you heard the story about Janice the Still yeah it all ties together quite nicely um, but the hearts and crafts movement also shows the craft element of what we're doing with regards to cask expressions because we're looking at obscure casks and how they best are represented with our spirit so the first one is a Sauterne cask. Um, in case any of you haven't had Sauterne before, it is a dessert wine from Bordeaux. Um, I mean, if you've ever heard of Chateau Ycam, it's one of the most expensive wines on the planet. But it's also really a, a beautiful style of wine. It's aged in French oak. Everything that we've tasted so far is American oak, but this is French oak, so it's a foray into a different style of oak, which we were excited about as well. You know, it's a little bit more spicy, it's more tannin That's in there maturation. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Everything we do is full maturation as well, no finishing. And so the flavor profile is going to take a little bit of a left at the traffic lights, but not too much. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. This is Sautern Hearts and Crafts, and we are sitting pretty at 55.2%. Yeah, I was looking forward to this one. It was last night when I was prepping, I was looking at the, uh, what you have on offer on your site. And these next two are the ones I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I think we're only drawing off eight casks as well. Uh, yeah, it's not. No, not even that. I was going to say two and a half thousand bottles, is it? So, yeah, it's less than that. It'll be four casks. My maths yeah, isn't amazing. Yeah, 1,600. Yeah. I've got a bottle of this at home. It's, Have you? Yeah. It's um, something I talk about a lot on my channel is um, guard whiskey. Is a term that I've, I've kind of coined, I guess. But um, it's like... I put like cheaper stuff in front of more expensive stuff to stop me from going for it. And this, I have to put something in front of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's got yeah. I like that. <laughs> God, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll let you off. Yeah. 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 No, I'm the same. I put the expensive stuff at the back. So I'm not tempted by it. No, I agree completely. I do exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. This smells incredible. Oh dear. Oh dear. I know. I yeah. I mean, you really got to sort of lay into this one over some time because... You're going to get all sorts of elements of honeys and peaches, which is a predominant flavour of Sauterne. Um, but then you're also going to get some stewed fruit, which is very much a Sauterne flavour profile. But then American oak is going to bring in a different element of spice, uh, less vanilla and lead than you would get from American oak. 
And then the tannins are going to integrate into that as well on the palate. So you're going to get a different style of finish instead of just overly ripe, sweet fruit. So there's layers and layers. To, you know, Macklemore said it. There's layers to this. <laughs> there's a maltiness to it as well on the nose. Yeah, and that's still the Cotswolds character yeah, of yeah. being very malt-driven. Yeah, yeah. The, the chocolate biscuit's still there, people. The chocolate biscuit is still there. You're talking about a chocolate digestive? I am, yeah. Or chocolate biscuit? No, chocolate digestive. Oh, okay, right. So you're right. No, you're correct. I I, I cor- to- let me correct myself. The to- chocolate digestive is still there, people. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Right. Well, I've been trying. It, 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 it's floating between the whiskies at the moment, in my opinion. But I think that should be. The sweetness should, should change. Dark, uh, like dried savoury fruit on this one as well. Yes. Yeah. Superb this one is. Absolutely superb. It's one of those ones where it's... Um, if you if if you don't know about the wines, because I'm not really a wine guy, um, I've read into what sort of terms was yeah. before I bought the bottle, and I was like, noble rot. Yeah, betri- betritus, yeah. noble rot. Like, yeah. like, what? I didn't really want to sort of. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a betritic wine, but it is. Um, and yeah, then you start talking about fog and mold and the ripening of sugars, and it gets a bit weird, and you start putting people off. So this is a sauterne wine. Sauterne's nice. <laughs> I don't think I've had a flavour like this before. This is, there this was is, so much flavour to it. It's no, I haven't. Yeah, ah, uh, ah. <laughs> Dave just gave me a look which I haven't seen yet, which was shit. I'm going to spend a lot of money in the gift shop. <laughs> Vin, one question I've got for you is: um, as we've walked around and and in setting this up for us, so thank you very much for for introducing us to the guys. You have been a involved or a fan of the Cotswold since it starts. You've known about it since the start. And you said earlier when you've, <laughs> you had that moment of being excited about it, but then also being nervous when you got your first expression thinking, please be good, please be good, please be good. And now you're a big advocate for the Cotswolds distillery. And, uh, and if you pointed out, you've got them all other than the sherry cask. Uh, so what what is it? I mean, obviously, people who know you, we've we've interviewed you before. You are a whiskey guy. You know your whiskey. You love this place, right? What is it for you that that really makes you love? Other than it's your local, what is it that really gets it for you? Well, um, before I answer the question, I, like you have to set the scene about when I first tried the Cotswolds um, stuff, and uh, these guys will fully appreciate this as well because I bought my bottle before, like it was really a distillery, so I had to wait three years. But I didn't try it in the comfort of my own home. I tried it at a festival here on site in front of the people who made it. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a terrifying thing. I mean, Dan already knew who I was. So I walked through a door and he was like, oh, you know, not so whiskey. I was like, oh, shit, Dan knows who I am. Um, and I was like, and me and my mate who bought a bottle and we were sitting there just like with a little sample of it with my bottle sealed here going, please, just please be good. Because at the time as well, STR cask is really commonplace now. But you guys, especially in England, were the first people to be doing this. And we were like three-year-old whiskey, still conditioned by that uh, age statement Scotch mentality. Three years old, my God, they're doing something weird. STR, what the hell is that? Try it. And both me and my friend, we looked at each other and we were just like, yes, fine. And then we went to the tent and bought another bottle. And um, it just went from there. You know, like that's what I always say to people is that like, if you've been interested in Cotswolds even remotely and there's a flavour profile for you now probably somewhere in the range, 
if you've been umming and ahhing about it, just do it because they're not putting out naff at all. I know we're sat here in front of the guys, but genuinely. But that's the thing, you're not you're yeah. not paid by no, it. Not, you know, you, these so two are being yeah. paid, so of course they're gonna say good things. <laughs> yeah, don't but believe them, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, and that's why, that's why I find, <laughs> what? You get paid. <laughs> in whiskey. <laughs> and biscuits. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's interesting you're here and, and that you set this up because, uh, yeah, granted, you, you are a fan of it, but you're a punter. You're not actually someone who is uh, affiliated with the Cotswolds other than you just love it and you've loved it from the beginning, which is why your opinion actually is justified. And I think when we're doing these kind of podcasts, something I've said to Nick a few times is we've, we've got to make sure we're really honest about what, what we're doing and what we're saying. And the issue is we've liked so much <laughs> across the board of everything. There's, there's, it's really hard for us to be negative. And I think every now and then people can obviously pick up in the tone of voice when I'm excited about something, uh, as, as I was with your Alberfeldy six, for example, I was excited about it. And, 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 and Nick says he, you can tell when he knows when I'm excited about something, cause he, I will give him a look or the tone of my voice will change. Um, or he'll go quiet and buy a bottle while I carry, the, <laughs> yeah. carry on with the interview. Yeah. 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 I've, done that, I've done that a couple of times. Like. You're lucky he doesn't have a laptop in front yeah. of him. Right? <laughs> yeah, but I have been looking at the clock thinking, is it five o'clock? I'm going to miss the gift shop. So, well, I'm glad we had that discussion. Um, we're coming back tomorrow. It's okay. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but but it's, it is interesting to speak to someone who has been around. We haven't been around from the start. You no. have been around from the start. And I think it is interesting to have that viewpoint put across as well while we're here. Someone who's tasted every expression they've released almost. Uh, and that's interesting that you're still here and encouraging us to come. And, yeah. and I think that's great. Don't you like the growth of the distillery in general? You were saying when you first came here, that building wasn't here, that building wasn't here, the bottling place wasn't here. And you've seen the whole thing grow as well. Have you guys been here from the start? Or? I was going to say, it's probably worth mentioning actually like, most of the people that work here, Rob and myself included, um, you know, we, we kind of, the, the only reason I applied, you know, it was because I had a passion for, for whiskey. I wanted, I was, you know, working as, as a bar manager and, you know, the Cotswolds whiskey was coming out. I knew the gin. I'd been speaking to one of the, the, the sales guys who was selling me in the whiskey. And, and it was just one of those things that an opportunity opened up to work in the shop and just do tours. And I was like, work at a distillery in the Cotswolds. Yes, please. Like, and, and it start, and it all start like that, you know, I think, and there's a lot of people here who, who've done the same, you know, we're not, uh, you know, we're not kind of experienced in the industry as such, but the one thing that Dan is very keen on and it, it all comes through him is just, you just have to care. You know, yeah. if you care and you're passionate, you know, he, and he leads by example, I mean, obviously it's his baby, but even, even now, like we do virtual tastings, um, you know, and we, we work through the range and I've heard Dan tell the Cotswold story and taste through this range of whiskey countless times, yet every single time I cannot help but just tune in and just get, just buy into it every single time, you know, and it's just the way he talks about it, the kind of his passion and, and whatnot, and it's so authentic and you can really feel it. And me and Rob can, can talk about it and we can kind of, um, you know, put across how we feel about it and, you know, and it's not just, you know, it's not just work as such, you know, we're here because we love it. But at the same time, when you listen to Dan and, and the way he talks about, about the distillery, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's something you can't substitute in. Yeah. For, 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 enthusiasm for and it's, in, in, you know, um, well, the other thing yeah. as well is you've noticed that, you know, infectious. none yeah, of us, none of us are singing from a script or, you know, going, Oh, what, what was the line I meant to say? 
because I mean you were here pre-whiskey as well weren't you so we were both here but at the distillery I've been here four and a half years you're four years something like that and we've been here that long we've lived and breathed so many different elements of the business not only growing but the releases that we've done and you get to a point where you just live and breathe everything to the point where it it's an organic conversation you know we're not sat around here going I need to hit this bullet point and this bullet point it's just like no we make delicious liquid we're fully invested in and we enjoy it as well which means that all the work comes organically with regards to that um and Dan is the apotheosis of that he is the figurehead of the distillery but he also lives and breathes it and what we've got here is a, in a situation where we believe in it so much it becomes infectious and then even early takers such as Vin come along and they see that and then they hop on the same train because you can spot a mile off anyone that's lying fabricated using smooth on their tasting description <laughs> You know what I mean? Rugged. It, it's it's hmm. one of those where we're into it and it projects and then people just join in. Absolutely. And I don't know if this is uh, commonplace in the whiskey industry. Maybe it is, but um, you, you, you showed us a video earlier and it said, new video 2019. Now that means it's two years old, right? And I know it's been a crazy two years, but almost every person in that video we've seen today. Yeah. I, I, as, yeah. We, as we walked around, I was like, oh, they were in the video. Oh, they were in the video. Yeah. Oh, they were in the video. So clearly staff are being, uh, enjoy being here because they're staying here. You've been here for four years, you've been here four years. For a company that's still quite young, that's a, that's a high percentage amount of time you guys have been invested in this company as, a, as an employee. And, and to me, that says a lot about Dan as a, as a boss or, a, or as a figurehead about how he treats you all and about how you much you enjoy being here because that's a long period of time. It's a long part of your life. And you guys are both quite young and so that's a big part of your work in life as well, that you've been at one place. Uh, and I think uh, you can, you can talk too hard, too much about those kind of things, but I think that's really important yeah. uh, in, in terms of what's going on. It's not just about drink. There's an ethos that's clearly running through the company, which makes it a good place to work, which is something that as a consumer, you want to know, like mm. obviously we've all seen about Brewdog recently, which like to project themselves as this perfect company. And then there was loads of issues underneath that we didn't hear about. Other things have come out saying maybe, maybe it was fine. And, and that's a small disgruntled amount, but yeah, well, but, but here, here you don't, you're not getting them. I'm sure you've, everyone has their bad days at work, but you guys are infused by it. And it's, and, and you can tell that from the moment we arrived and the, and the way we've been treated from the moment not just by use other people that come and said hello. Everyone seems happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, I won't go into too much detail because I can only ever speak for myself. But like I said, I've been with the company four and a half years, but I was a huge fan beforehand. Uh, I was very, very aware of the product. I sold it in my previous job. And so when I started working here, it was a product of my appreciation of the overall brand. Um, and yeah, like I said, I can't speak for other people, but there is a good ethos, you know, for the most part, we all get along. I'm in sales, so I'm not really here as much as, as, as most. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice environment. It's a good place to come. They're good people that work here. And we have an ethos of, you know, just work hard, have some fun, enjoy what you're doing, enjoy what you're making, and the rest will fall into place. And, and it's little things like as we came up the stairs into this room, all the photos of, of I'm assuming it's the majority of the staff up on the wall. But yeah, that's all, that's all staff or people that have been around the story and an element of the story since the beginning. And, and, and that adds to it, doesn't it? It's like, oh, look, there's all these people we've seen working here. 
also yeah. around on the wall enjoying not just work it's not photos of you working either it's photos of you doing things and then being at shows or, or whatever or being at events or award shows or whatever it is for and, want of a better description because we are so young that's our heritage yeah you yeah. know a whiskey distillery that's been around for 100 years 150 years they might still have those pictures in an archive we're seven years old so they might end up in an archive way down the line but for that for now those pictures of everyone that's been quintessential in our story, that's our heritage. Mm. The people. Whiskey! This whiskey... Is fantastic. Is the Good one words. which I think, and I don't know if this is the right or wrong thing to say, it might be that we've had a few now. This feels like it's, it tastes most like the new make. Okay. Uh, like, I'm getting most of the... like. Oh, okay, I've... The fruitiness, the fruitiness, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really picking out the new make within this more than like, and we've said there's a DNA through it, of course, but I'm really picking it out on this one more than the other ones, particularly. Um, it, it, it's really pinging for me in this one, this expression. I don't know if there's a reason for that, but uh, of the whether the wine cast complemented that in a particular way, but it's certainly coming through. And I'm really getting those that that fruity vibe from the new make that we we tried earlier. What do you call your new make here? White, White pheasant. White pheasant. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Now, I mean, with regards to what you're saying as well, it is an integration of different types of fruit. You know, the the signature, the 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 flagship whiskey, that is fruity on a different level. They're brighter fruits. Whereas once we get into the French oak, and you know, we're talking about Sauternes wine, that's going to give you a different fruit element completely. And I think that's where we're going with that. It's malty, it's darker fruit, it's more intense. And that's what you're going to get with the new make spirit as well. It's a different type of fruit. Mm. I like this one a lot, Nick. A lot. Me too. Get it while you can. Limited release. So we are now going to move on to, and I usually have to explain what this one is as well, is Pina de Chiron cask. So has anyone ever had Pina de Chiron before? If I have, I don't know about it. Uh, anyone holidayed in France quite Ooh. a lot? A little, a little. A little, so you would have had maybe a Pina de Chiron as an aperitif. So it's, um, it's from the Chiron region um, in France, and what you have is a blend of grape spirit and grape juice that is aged in French oak casks. So usually a, a Pina de Chiron is about 17%. You have it in an ice bucket, ice cold and you just drink it before dinner in warm weather, like an aperitif. Um, an equivalent would be Pomo de Normandy in the Pays d'Orge, you know, with apple spirit and apple juice mixed together. So that's Pomo de Normandy. Um, Pina de Chiron is the equivalent using grapes and grape spirit. Um, and the flavor profile that we're going to go into here is just, again, going about what, what you said, grape spirit, grape, not grapefruit the citrus, but grape the pulp. Yeah, if you will, but then mix that with spicy, fine-grained um, French oak as well. Again, it's just so layered and yeah, fifty-five point two ABV. That last one was the same. Okay, so these I mean, this is this is as savoury as you're going to get. Yeah, it's funny about the ABV as well, but I don't know if you you agree with this, but something um, obviously other than the the uh, the, the single malt release. Um, they, you can't really tell that the ABV is so high when you're drinking them. Even no. the 60% ones, is no, they, they don't, 
we've talked about this before. Like, yeah. if it's good, then you don't notice. Yeah, a, a good a good whiskey. It can be a high ABV and not feel like you're drinking ethanol. In founder's choice, usually people say, "So what's that about 50, 55? You're like, "No, no, no, that's sixty. 60 yeah. <clears throat> this is this is incredible. This is great. Oh my god. I'm probably being led because as I was um, smelling it and you talk, started talking about the kind of grape stuff, I immediately got the grapes. But um, but then you get like stone fruit as well. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. And that's again at that sort of like, I forget the actual price, about like 65, 70 mark, isn't it? Maybe a bit higher. 75. 75 the, yeah. yeah, the two um, uh, Hearts and Crafts both 75. Yeah. But, and these are annual releases. So we only release them once a year. Um, 2000. Uh, 2020 was Sauterne, 21 was Pinot de Chiron, and then we've got another one coming up next year. But the flavour profile on this is absolutely awesome. Oh, absolutely. It's so good. It's an incredible drop, this. Incredible. I've just got to compare these two a bit more. I apologise. Don't apologise, Nick. Don't apologise. I will. I always do. We've still got like a a little bit of an undertone of wax in there as well, just like a... a, um, a beeswax almost aroma, like savory as opposed to like overly sweet. <clears throat> there's there's honey notes without the sweet honey, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how do you do that? How how do you make like how do you pick out a sweet note without it being sweet? Because it's yeah. not sweet, is it? But it's yeah, like beeswax. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what's funny as well? Look, so when I'm talking about Cotswold, and I said I'm a big advocate of them, and I am. Um, when I try to justify the uh, the Cotswolds and English whiskey to, um, let's say, you know, my friends north of the border. Um, and I roll out kind of the standard Cotswolds and they say, yeah, but you know, it's all being masked by the STR casks. And I go, well, <laughs> let me show you the sort of turns casks because there's no STR in that. And that's yeah. still the same age liquid. You know, yeah. I mean, like you said, you've been going seven years, but that you've only had whiskey out for four. Yep. So nothing, even if you put out your highest age stuff, nothing could be higher than the seven. And I don't think you do that yet. No, we don't. No, no, no. I mean... <laughs> Not the, close. Old, oldest stuff. I mean, we're not really talking about age statement, mm, exactly. but yeah, it's not like we're sat on casks like a thousand casks from day one that we'll be releasing further down the line. Um, there are a few that were that, that were aging, but for the most part, we're releasing based on flavour, not a number. Yeah. And as long as it tastes good and we feel comfortable with it being a release, then we're going to release it. And we and we spoke off air earlier about the fact that people need to unlearn age statements in in the whiskey industry. Uh, not the whiskey industry, but certainly uh, Joe Public needs to unlearn age statements as thinking that, that high age means high quality. Uh, and and for sure, everything we try today is, is an ex- example of that. Um, is everything just coming off straight at three years or is there little bits that are a little bit older? Or, or, or No, it's, it's starting to become a little bit more mixed with regards to age. You know, we're not just like, whoop, three years old, let's get it cracked. Yeah. Um, you know, Founders Choice is about to start being as standard around about five years old. So everything's going to sort of get a little bit more blurred with regards to when we first released the whiskey in 2017, it was a very one-sided conversation because as long as you had a basic grasp of maths, you could figure out. Now we're not, again, we're not talking about age statement, but everything's becoming a little bit more blurred and we'll continue to do so because all we're doing is creating flavor, not stamping it with a number because we just and, don't think it's necessary. And you won't, and you won't stamp with a number. You can't see that happening. And because no. I think that's, I think that's great because you're right. You could have a ten-year-old, twelve-year-old in the future uh, liquid that needs a bit of three-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Just to, to to tone it down or whatever, or to pick it up or whatever. Yeah. You know, it might need that. It's vibrance. taking it's taking the limitations off building flavor by allowing 
everything in your arsenal available to create a flavor. Not, right, well, that's nine years old. We can't put it in our 12-year-old release. Even though it does make an amazing whiskey, it's not 12 years old, so we can't use it. Um, and age statement's only been around since the 60s. It was Glenn Livett and Glenn Fiddick that introduced it as a marketing ploy to basically add... Um, to add quality to their liquid. Marketing's got so much to answer for. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if it's only been around for 60 years, hopefully it won't take 60 years to unlearn that age statement doesn't mean everything. And, and the irony of that is, did you say Glenn Fiddick? And Glenn Livett. So Glenn Fiddick was a bar, I in recently, a rugby club, had a poster up on the wall saying, unlearn whiskey. And they're, and they're trying to do it themselves. Yes, they are. So they've they've put themselves in a box... And now they're trying to un unravel the box because yeah. they realise that the box they put themselves in is actually turning people off. Yeah. It's really interesting. It is really interesting. And it's good to see that people that were instigators of that narrative are now saying, don't worry. Yeah, I wonder whether they'll start releasing stuff that doesn't have an age statement on it. Well, they do, really. That's great. Their IPA cast. Oh, yeah, of course. Fire and fire. Yeah, they are doing that. Yeah, that's all non-age statement. Yeah. Yeah, the Glen the Glen Livet Caribbean cast didn't have an age statement on, did it? Founders Reserve as well. So that's good. I think that's positive for the future of the industry in terms of flavour profiles and the growth of the industry, which is useful. So there was one other thing I wanted to bring up, which I've been sitting on for a while now, and it was, I've been sitting on this since you talk, we talked about the fact you were in the supermarkets. Yes. So the first English whiskey in the supermarket, right? As far as you're aware, nationally. Nationally. I think. Don't yeah. quote me on there that. Might be some local, there might be some local ones that have, have crept in because of local distribution and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But on the whole, you, you've got a national distribution within English supermarkets, particularly within English whiskey. Yeah. Was the fact that you had a gin a gateway to that? Yes. And has the success of the Cotswolds gin, which is a very successful spirit, and I know plenty of people who drink it, been useful in the, the whiskey marketing? Yes and no. And I will, I will elaborate on both. Yes, because it gives us brand presence before we actually had a whiskey. And it also gives people a sign of the quality that we're producing with regards to spirits. But then, and Connor will back me up on this one, and I'm sure everyone that works at the distillery, as soon as we start talking about whiskey to consumers, one sentence comes out. Oh, you started making whiskey as well, have you? When actually you started doing whiskey. Whiskey was always the number yeah, one yeah. thing that we ever made. Gin is not a byproduct, but it was something that didn't have as much initial focus when we started. Um, but it's not, a, it's not a blessing and a curse. It's been a blessing because people were aware of our brand when we launched a whiskey, which helped. And then we've been able to continue conversations on a progressive manner with all of our distributors, both in the UK and around the world, with regards to how's gin sales going? Oh, by the way, whiskey's going to be coming out on this date and things like that. So we've been able to have really good, effective commercial narratives with all of our suppliers way before we had whiskey, which means that the relationship has been there as a foundation, which from a commercial standpoint is priceless when introducing something that is brand new as a category as well as a product. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I am guilty that exact sentiment I knew you as a gin distiller. Yeah. Oh, they do whiskey as well. I remember that quote from when we did them in episode 10. I oh, think there we was. go. Yeah, you were oh, like, yeah. they did gin, didn't they? Yeah, I, I, knew, uh, I, knew, I knew the brand as, as, as gin. And it's not to say that when people say that, that it's annoying or anything like that. Why would you be aware of our whiskey when we didn't have it on the market? Yeah, no, and exactly. We only had gin. Yeah. So it's not like I'm saying, oh God, these people saying this. It's just, 
we hear it and we say, oh, no, no, we've always been a whiskey distillery. Again, it just takes longer. To yeah, get it that takes longer to get it out to market. But also, you know, as I said to you earlier, you can't be combative or aggressive or even guarded about what you do with brand new consumers because you have to be as open as they are with regards to having a brand new product that people don't even know the category. So you kind of have to be like, well, anyway, here we go. We've got a whiskey. If you'd like to try it, let's go. And then, you know, you, you start your journey together. I hate that word. Uh, journey. <laughs> so um, this is where we are at. We've right. had these six wonderful whiskeys. These are your expressions that are on sale now. Yeah. I understand. Uh, in fact, no, 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 stop. Right, oh, on okay. sale now, but this is, what? what's the date? August 25th. Yeah. You said we might be able to release this episode later on and you might be able to let us in on a few little tidbits. I did say that as long as you were willing to release at the end of October, we could talk about some other things. Absolutely. Well, that's where I was, that's where I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like, what's next is what I was well, going to say. I've just, had the nod for, I've just had the nod from marketing. And I guess we've got it. We've got it. And we've in, got all the evidence. We've here. got a verbal, a verbal agreement. So now I'll we can send you a confirmation email. Can we release this at some point? Yeah, um, we'll see. So we can now both. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So absolutely. we can talk about our next two releases as a preview as well. Fantastic. Um, so, because by the time this comes out, we will have both of these announced as our next whiskey releases. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things podcast. Right. So we've got this. Um, we've, we've lost Connor and Finn, but we've got uh, we've got the new stock. So uh, what have we got here? We've got that new, new. We've got that exclusive. So. What we are tasting, smelling, and swirling right now is what we are going to be releasing next to our signature whiskey, which is going to be our Cotswolds Reserve. So when we've talked about our whiskey structure, and we said that we had the flagship, and then we have the cask expressions, and then we have the hearts and crafts range, next to the signature is where we're going to have the reserve. And the basic composition, yeah, side by side is a good idea. Um, so... What you're pouring right now is the signature, and that is what everyone knows us for. That's our 70% red wine STR, 30% Fertiville bourbon at 46% ABV. Now, the new stuff, the reserve, that is 80% bourbon, first fill, 20% red wine STR at 50% ABV. And that's, they're going to sit next to each other with regards to the whiskey structure. It'll be a little bit more expensive but we wanted a little bit more, um, obviously structure, but we wanted a few more SKUs at a few different price points and quality levels as well. So 50% ABV, 80% bourbon cask with 20% STR cask in there, and then sit next to the signature. So in my eyes, it's almost more like an old school style of whiskey, whereas the signature jumps out at you with all of those fresh fruit flavors. That's what I was just thinking. It's it's the more reserved. Is more pungent on the nose, but yeah. yeah, this one is more... It's more elegance to more it. More laid back. Yeah, a lot Definitely. more elegance to it. A little bit more, not old school, but a little bit more reserved, a little bit more classic. It's got really nice sort of reserved fruit flavours. The juvenile whiskey taster in me just went, oh, shit, I can't smell this one as much as the original one. But that's the point, By and design. that's what you're saying. By yeah. design. Oh, yeah, this is, this is really nice. Yeah. And it's got like those softer... Softer vanillin style notes, but then light fruit as well. Leaves you salivating. It's not as punchy yeah, from the happening. STR. So when Vin was saying... Longer finish. Longer finish. 
when Vin was saying, oh, people people said that you're just trying to cover up with the STR. Well, STR is only 20% of this, yeah. but it's good. It's very good. So you say this is sitting in the price point between the... Yeah, so this this will be roughly, roughly around about the 50 to 55, probably 55 pounds. So then we've got whiskies at different price points as opposed to going from where we are with the signature, jumping 20, 30 quid up to the cask express. Got one in the middle. Got one in the middle. That's the one in the middle that yeah. also offers something completely different. Yeah. This is so different from the others we've had. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we wanted. We wanted not only a different... We didn't create it out of price point. We created it out of flavour profile as well. And it's, this just brings something else to the flavour Absolutely. Part. This is... I think this is going to become a long-term winner for you guys. Mm. I really do. I think it's sensational. I'm really... Absolutely. And I'm actually really glad that I get to talk to people about it as well, because this has been a long-kept secret for us. And so the fact that we can have this conversation is quite exciting for me as well, because... Mm. Do you know what the real dangerous thing about this whiskey is? Your your other whiskies, and I say this with respect, is you have one glass, you don't necessarily at that point want to go into the bowl, which is great because the bottle lasts, as a consumer, the bottle lasts for a long, long period of time because you have a glass. It's an amazing experience. You're having a great time. Everything about it is wonderful. And then you can go, I'll have that again next week. Yeah. Because it's so intense I don't need to have another glass now. You can have another glass now, but you don't need to. Yeah. This, as soon as I've had it, I want more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Absolutely right. This yeah. is one that you're going to do a bottle in a night. Yeah, sat around Easily. with some pals. Easily you're going to do a bottle in a night. Yeah, it's not overwhelming, is it? And it's, and it's, and that's no, that's, that really isn't any disrespect to anything else that's come, come ahead. It's just a different experience. Yeah, I don't think it has to be disrespectful. I think it's, it's a different a experience. I think, yeah, it, yeah. I think it is, like we said, it's whiskey for different occasions. Yes. And, the last thing you want is to be sat around with a group of mates in a bottle of 60% whiskey because that will just cause trouble. Whereas yeah, yeah. if you're all sat around with something that's a bit more mellow, the conversation can flow, you can have a good time and you can have a couple of glasses without going, he's going to pass out in a minute. Do you know what I mean? There's always that Don't one. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm going to look at you. Of course I'm going to look at you. Every time we have a whiskey, you I pass, don't pass out. out. I decide I want to go to sleep. There's a difference. I am also that person. I can show you so You and I are cut from the same cloth. I can show you so many photos. I'm in my own house. So many photos of him. I'm going to fall asleep asleep now. I've had enough. I don't need to drink anymore. I'm in a bar. I've got a seat. I've got a table. I'm going to sleep. I'm in a bar. I fell asleep once with my arm around the girl at a party. (laughs) That's another story altogether. I'm at a bar. There's a pillar. I would put my head against it. Yeah. I fell asleep (laughs) standing up at a subway station in Atlanta once. But uh, there we go. Anyway, this is great. It's coming out like six months later. Well, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So we wanted to create a whiskey flavor profile that was just as as accessible, but a different flavor profile. It's great. It's uh, again, it's an in between, isn't it? I'll give you that. Say it's the most accessible whiskey you've done. That's. I mean, this is the first time that a conversation of this nature has happened with somebody that is external to the company. So that is amazing feedback. I would definitely say that. I would. Mm. I would say, as someone who's loved all your other whiskies, and but 
I'm someone who drinks whiskey. I think this one, perhaps, is more of a gateway into whiskey than any of your others. I will say this, however. We must take into consideration that we are now tasting our seventh whiskey, which means our palates Good point. are acclimated to whiskey. Good point. I because right to have some water, but I, I have, have, I have water too, between. You know, but, but you know, you, it is a good point. Again, you you're know right. when you're at a whiskey show, yeah. and you hit that sweet spot where everything no, tastes we've amazing. Not done that. No, we haven't said done that yet, yet, but we've oh, not really? done that yet. But, yeah. I, but it, I understand what you were saying in the first place. Mm. Point. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I mean. Palate fatigue is a thing, but also you can hit that sweet spot where everything tastes good. Your, your senses are basically pushed up to 11 and everything is hitting and all the responses are correct. And I think we might be at that point as well. But it, I still, does, that's mm. not to take away from the whiskey. I'm going to go back and revisit this on countless occasions. And I do think it is a good spirit. I love the fact that you brought that up and not, we, not us bringing that up. We have because, to be objective. Well, no, well, but you work for the company. So actually, us, you've just said you've just said it. We've said this. I've just said this is the most accessible whiskey you've got, blah, blah, blah. I think this is, could be a winner. And you've just went, hang on a moment. You've reined me in. And, and it's not in your interest to do that. I don't want you to come back to this whiskey and go, that's not what I tasted. When yeah, we're no, at absolutely. So I guess it's more managing expectations that it is a great whiskey because I have barely tasted anything this afternoon. I've just been yammering at you and pouring whiskey. It's, but I still think it's absolutely delicious. But I, it, it is managing expectation. I like to think that I, I'm in a good place and I think that's enjoyable. But you're right, I do need to manage my own expectations. However, that means that we're going to have to do this again. Yes, and I don't mind that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, there we I'm, go. I'm open to that, but yeah. you know, come back to me later. I've also not poured that massive drams of any of the well, expressions. We'll keep that but... aside because you've got two fresh glasses because there is going to be two releases, not just one, two. Fantastic. So to finish out the top two tiers, as I said, we're going to have the signature and reserve side by side, but then when we talk about our cask expressions, you're going to have sherry, you're going to have Founders, which is the STR, and Peated, and the obvious gap there would be 100% bourbon cask. So, here we are. So this will sit alongside the, the Sherry and the Peated. And the Founders, yeah. And the Founders. So this is five-year-old bourbon cask, so bourbon cask whiskey at 59.1%. Wow. So this will also be at the price bracket of yeah. the others. Yeah, they'll all sit next to each other at 65. So when's this coming out later in the year as yeah, well? Yeah, this is coming out later in the year as well. And like I said, by the end of October, when people will be listening to this. Not, it not, should be out. Not only will Nick have managed to wade his, through, his way through five hours of audio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just used to it now, to yeah. be honest. But we'll also, have the, uh, we'll also have a, a narrative to the public that a bourbon cask release is either out or coming out as well. This smells incredible. Oh my God, this smells incredible. This is seriously savoury. Like this is kind of in between for me. This Sorry? is in between the Founders. core. No, no, the, oh, core the core range. This one over here. The core single malt, yes. And the one we just had, yeah. to be honest. I like this as well because it's, it is the initial flavour is sweetness. 100% bourbon cask. 100% bourbon cask. Five, year, five years, all right? Uh, roughly, yeah. Like I said, we're not, we're, we're not, not bothered, course, no bothered statement, about that, but, but it is. Um, yeah, and it's 59.1%. And the initial sweetness on it is crazy. So I had another question about your gift shop. Yes. I noticed that you were selling a scented candle. Yes. <laughs> of course he did. This is, this is so in keeping. What is, what is the scent? Don't, this is uh, lavender life. and grapefruit. Oh, right, it's just not the whiskey. 
I don't think so. That's disappointing. I don't work in the gift shop, so you <laughs> it could be. Because I picked it up and I was like, it doesn't smell like whiskey. Because the amount of times, like, this is a whiskey in particular. It smells incredible. I would like a scented candle of this whiskey. Yes. And I don't think it's done enough. And how many times do I say this? Can you get me a scented candle of this whiskey? I oh, know. I think you've, you've, unf- you've uncovered a gap in the market. Well, Nick Offerman so. tried to bring it up with uh, Lagavulin. Uh, no one's really picked up on it. There it is. This this smells incredible. There is a sweetness on the nose. Yeah, uh, it's got that pine- pineapple cube, cola cube. I like pineapple cube as well. Vibe to it uh, on the nose for sure. Uh, the, the the old boiled sweets could be rhubarb and custard. Any of those, yeah. any of those boiled sweets on the nose. For I've been sure. getting a lot of like uh, confectionery notes throughout the evening evening well I've, in fairness i've had more biscuit notes but but well, the, that's, that's the first time i've really went oh sweets yeah. yes yeah boiled sweets is boiled awesome sweet. yeah absolutely nice. again i haven't tasted this with anyone I've, I've had samples at home and you know you do your own you do your own analysis but oh yeah there it is okay but even earlier on, I was getting Palmer violets. I think those weird sweets oh, in yeah. the rhubarb and custard boiled sweets. In the PT right one, I got the licorice, the which I've never had before. Um, yeah, all kinds of. It's like a sweet shop. This this an English sweet shop. Mm. Yeah. This this is wonderful. And again, you still got that that, that Cotswoldsy vibe coming through, uh, which is it's incredible. You managed that to DNA. do that. Yeah, the DNA is there for all of them. Uh, granted, we're on number eight now. And caveat, but I have had small drams. But the the rhubarb and custard boiled sweet continues on the palate as well. It does, really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's a brilliant tasting note that we will definitely be stealing. What one was that? Rhubarb and custard, rhubarb and boiled, custard sweet. boiled sweet. Nice. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, there's this, yeah, yeah, definitely that. And there is a creaminess to this as well. Yeah, we try and make sure that, I mean, our whiskey is very much texture-led as well. You know, long fermentation, high cut points, but also just retaining all of those oils. It does mean make sure that you have a texture that can carry more flavour around the palate. Yeah, this is good. This is good. We're having a great time. Do you Thank know what, you. Nick? I want every single bottle, uh, perhaps other than the peated cast, other than only because I know if I've got the other bottles, I'm just going to leave it there. And you can come to mine. And I can go to yours and you've got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I've got the founders, but but all of these, they've all been incredible, haven't they? Yeah, it's been fantastic. As I've said, like the DNA of Cotswolds is going through them. So they all, they taste lovely from sight. I mean, your like new make when you gave it to us in your barrel house. I want a bottle of that as well. Yeah. And, but it's just slight little variations on that. And it's great. Um, of the Of the six expressions we had earlier... Yes. Before the new ones, uh, I think I enjoyed, um, of the ones I hadn't tasted, the three I haven't tasted, I think I enjoyed the uh, Pinot de, I cannot. Pinot de Chiron. The Pinot Chiron the most. It is a special style because it's not, I mean, there are Pinot de Chiron casks out there, I'm sure. I haven't researched as to who's done them, but, you know, we haven't gone to an obscure part of France and found something that no one else has. It, they are available, but it is still not a readily available flavour profile in the mass market, mm. which means that it's almost like rediscovering or discovering brand new flavor profiles within a whiskey, which is still exciting because you would think that in a category as large and as with as much heritage as whiskey has, you're like, well, I feel like I've been there and done that with a lot of things. So to find a little gem that has a new flavor profile Absolutely. is exciting. Which is probably why I was drawn to it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is different. 
uh, I still do really love the founders. The founders is such a great drop. It's such a great drop. Um, but that what I'm, I am super impressed with both of the two ones you've got coming out. And I think that's, I think that's really positive. You've got these six wonderful ones that we've tried, but the future looks incredibly bright. Yeah. Yeah, future not, so bright. You've not to wear shades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were when we arrived. No, Vim was wearing shades when we arrived. That was it. Was uh, it? Yeah, he Mr. was. Because he obviously knew. He obviously knew, and he hasn't even tried these. Um, but <laughs> it's so true. Like I, I think that both of these two that we've tried tried right now indicate you're not resting on your laurels. You know, you're not saying what we've got has been good. We're going to keep with it. Well, you are going to keep with it, but you're also going to try new things, and they've been good. Yeah, and they're lovely stepping stones as well between your core and your. And they offer something different. They're not just the same. Oh no, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's not just every single one of these eight whiskies is so incredibly different with with holding the original DNA. Incredible. Well, I think one thing that we always try and remain true to more than anything else, and you know, I was on the phone with Dan last week talking about the range and what we've got coming out and things like that. And one thing that we always try and stay true to is. Flavor, creating great flavor, extracting great flavor, but making sure that what we create is delicious. And as long as that is part of that DNA that we talk about, then we're always going to be on a good thing. Man, these, these two new ones are great. I was going to say, I, I, I just made them in my ear. It's really loud because I have the microphones. I, I circled the, uh, again, the bourbon. No, the sultans. Yes. That, still out of the great. two ones which are available for me in the shop tomorrow morning, the That's heart. the one because yeah, he okay. went for the other one. Dave went for the other yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll get the other one. But for me, I think I prefer that one. I think because the uh, Pinot de sorry, please Pinot de Chiron. Thank you. Um, bit more tannin on the tongue for me, but I I think I prefer the other one. It's a bit lighter. Well, not lighter. It's not light. It's dark in color and it's a bit more. It's got loads of flavor. I, think I want them all. He wants them all. But the I mean. I, I remember going to whiskey shows back in uh, 18 and I was stood there next to Penderin who had 12 lines and I had Glenn Goyne to my right who had countless lines and I was just, stu- and you know, I was just stood there with my one bottle of whiskey <laughs> just going, try this, it's really good. Um, and people were always really great about it, but now it's great to have a variety, a variety that you can have a conversation about. And what every- do you like? Oh, we've got something for that. What's your yeah. favourite? What's my favourite? Yeah. Uh, Founders. Founders. Founders Choice um, is my absolute favourite. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I actually really love the signature as well, the flagship, simply because it's a really good whiskey for all sorts of occasions. And it's actually the whiskey that made my wife find her love for whiskey as well. She wasn't a massive fan, but when I started working for the distillery and she was tasting these whiskeys, she was like, I really love this. And what's exciting for me now is to see that she's creating her own flavor profile and preference in whiskey. So she's actually out there buying whiskeys for herself based on what she likes. And that for me is just as exciting to see someone creating their own preferences. So yeah, those first two releases still for me hold a special place in my heart for various reasons. Fantastic. Well, I think we should wrap that up. Absolutely. That was a great um, way to end. Yeah, Rob, thank I you so much. I don't know which episode that was going to end up in, uh, this, this but it's is- fantastic. This has been incredible. What a day we've had. And this is exactly what we've always wanted from the podcast and from these experiences. Uh, we've drunk great whiskey. We've learned things. Yes. And we've opened bottles with nice people. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. It's been my absolute pleasure, chaps. We should do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely.
You're listening to Whiskey and Things. Our patrons have full access to the uncut videos of the full tasting of those eight whiskies we tried with Rob, Connor and Vin. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things to get involved. Thank you. You'll also have a good uh, view of the room we were in as we discussed. Yeah. Uh, all the different whiskies on the sides of the, of the of the walls. Yeah. You might be able to read my lips if you couldn't understand what I was saying <laughs> as well. Maybe, maybe. But uh, but there we go. Um, three out of the four whiskies we tried there are available from the Cotswolds Distillery website and in their distillery shop if you want to drop by. The one that isn't available yet on the date we release this podcast is the Cotswolds Reserve, but it will be available on sale very soon indeed. So the limited edition Hearts and Crafts bottlings, which have a great William Morris artwork, holding it one now to the camera, because Dave and I both bought each one of these. The Sauternes cask and the Pinot Descherant cask, they're both $74.95. It's an investment, it's a treat for me, for sure. But uh, well worth it. Uh, the bourbon cask is sixty four ninety five, and the Cotswolds Reserve is uh, forty nine ninety five. Good value that one. Is good value. Is very good value. I'm I'm really glad that we went back to the gift shop the next day when we were sober. Yes, and we could take our time as well. Which is yeah, because I'm pretty sure I would have hit the credit card hard and got them all. <laughs> yes, I'm happy with my one bottle that I got though. Me too. Very happy. Have you opened it yet? No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have. <laughs> oh, here's a surprise. I've had a little bit. No, but I've shared it. No, surely not. <laughs> <laughs> How very unnick Kent of you. <laughs> Why is it being an idiot opening your bottle of whiskey I don't, and, and enjoying it? Because I don't drink on my own. And when have I had people around? Well, I don't know. I live in <laughs> I Manchester, don't have a bar mate. in my flat. I don't know. All my friends moved to Manchester. (laughs) I know. I don't know your social life. I'm afraid. You have had people back. Ah, Let's start an appeal for Dave. Have some (laughs) friends friends in London. You need to join the whiskey club down there. That's what you need to do. As if I had time. Well, uh, (laughs) anyway. um, Anyway, I still can't believe you shared your whiskey with anyone. Really? That's that's, that's the... uh... I'm 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 very generous with mine when I have people around. Um, but yeah, this Cotswolds, uh, the bourbon cask that I'm sipping on now, is is very pleasant. Excellent. Um, and I would share it with someone if they were here. <laughs> he says, finishing the whole dram. <laughs> no, I've only done half. We had 60 mil. It's only a 30. That's fine. Anyway, we're boring people, Dave. Yeah, head to cotswoldsdistillery.com to like, you know, if you want to book yourself a tour and all that kind of thing. Thoroughly recommend. Thoroughly recommend. I keep like thinking about making a detour to there on my way back up to Manchester, if the weather's nice. But uh, what if the, uh, the fuel situation a few weeks ago, I've kind of uh, kind of decided against it a little bit. But uh, so there we go. Hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. And if you can make it there for a visit, we highly recommend. We've definitely had our share, Dave. Absolutely, mate. So Woo! have you. So have you. Mm. I've enjoyed every share. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, Thanks for coming. coming. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.